0: are listening to the Oz TV podcast only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you for another Nip Tuck recap episode. And can you absolutely believe it that we are in. To season six we have lasted this long and we are here into the final season some people will be like yay finally others will be like oh no it's the sixth season maybe we'll have both opinions in that in this episode we're doing the first episode of season one today it's called don hoberman first aired on the 14th of october 2009 written by ryan murphy believe it or not and directed by brad falchuk and it's a an interesting one. Uh, lots to talk about, I can uh, imagine. My name is Ben, and I felt a lot of shame when my significant other told me that my vagina reminded him of a roast beef sandwich. <laughs>
1: and uh, I'm Nick, and uh, I'd like to know what an Adonis sounds like when he jerks off.
0: <laughs> Don't we all? Um the- <laughs> Look, this. let's just beat around the bush. This is not a good episode. (laughs) But the thing is, there's some stuff in this episode that I actually like, and I kind of like the ideas, what they're doing with it. But there really is no hiding from this very first episode of this season that it just feels different, and we've lost something big time of nip-tuck. And, you know, I said that after, you know, the the mid-season premiere last season, but we still had a couple of glimmers there. In that second half of season five that showed that that could still be the case. And really from this moment on Nip Tuck, there's just, there's just so little moments where you feel like this is Nip Tuck still. And yeah, you really do feel it from the very first episode of this season. So, uh, this is going to be an interesting recap. I, I can imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, um, at the time of recording, I think I've kind of famously said that. You know, uh, my memories of this season are, are, are pretty shoddy, to be honest. Um, but, um, you know, one of the things that, I, you know, having, having watched now, I think the first four episodes of the season at, at the time of recording this is that um, I'm not bored. Um, I'm not saying I'm loving it, um, but I'm definitely not as bored as I expected to be. So uh, there's some interesting stuff going on. It's delivered in an unusual way in some cases. Um yeah, we're going to get some, some kind of fun storylines with Matt and with Annie. So there's definitely some stuff to unpack here. Um, I think the style they go for in this very first episode is interesting. Um, in terms of, you know, it's this kind of documentary, you know, with a, with a narrator talking over the top of it. And to me, it just feels like this is the way they decided to kind of hide the fact that Teddy's a completely different character and, you know, just delivering that they felt that this was the most efficient way to deliver information about things like. You know, Julia asking for more money for Sean or whatever, in a, you know, without having to do like a 10 minute previously on. Um, so it's, it's just an interesting way that they've chosen to present this first episode. And yeah, like I think you just said, you know, they, I can see what they're going for and it's, it's an interesting idea, but ultimately it feels like a really strange place to have it in the, in the very first episode of the season. It feels like one of those things that, you know, maybe halfway through the season you try and do this kind of, you know, documentary style thing. Um, but to have it as the premiere is, is an odd place to have it, I think.
0: Look, it's, we'll get into how this kind of gets developed this first episode, but I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, this, there's only, uh, seven months essentially between five and six, you know, your, your standard kind of break, maybe a little bit longer than your standard TV schedule, but I mean, you know, as we've discussed a lot with Nip Touch, there's generally a lot longer gap. Uh, between these seasons. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, if I quickly scroll through here, this maybe is the shortest gap we ever had, uh, between seasons. And as we kind of discussed in our last episode, you know, it was, it was long decided that this is going to be the final season of Nip Tuck. You know, initially they wanted to push this to two seasons, um, and that, you know, we were going to have season six and seven, but they kind of decided to combine these two, similar to, I guess, what they sort of did last season as well. So, um, it's not like, as you alluded to, this got cancelled halfway through this season. It, it, this was always known. So, uh it's it's an interesting way they do this season because you said you're not bored. Th- this is my problem with season six. I'm just bored. And I think that they just have, even to me, the acting, it seems like so much they're phoning it in compared to what they're used to doing. Um, you know, you have glimmers of kind of classic, but at the same time, it just, it just gets overridden so quickly. You know, I mean, what does Dylan Walsh have to do in these next couple of episodes? Just pretend that he can't sleep? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, there's, there's just not the emotional connection you get with this show that you once did. So, we'll, we'll, we'll divulge into this and I, I kind of, you know this this opening episode i i don't mind this idea of a documentary i think it's kind of cleverly done i actually kind of really like the way they open up with this um i think it's a, it's a unique and interesting way of doing it and you know going back to when i said this is a ryan murphy written episode i think you can really feel this is a ryan murphy written episode from this beginning um but it's just it doesn't make sense on the grand scheme of things because at least with uh, you know, our reality TV episode last season, Damien Sands, you know, you kind of told from the get-go, this is a reality show. Whereas this one, like, are we, is this actually a, an episode of some sort of documentary? Like, we kind of see this woman at the end? I, I don't know. Do you, do you feel this is being done for us as an audience? Or do you feel as though this actually legitimately is McNamara Troy being, uh, put on some sort of documentary show? <laughs>
1: Yeah I mean it is, it is weird like it does feel like yeah this is an episode of the show and it's almost you know of of some kind of um, documentary type show um, so but, but yeah you're right they never kind of actually say you know unlike that kind of one where it was supposed to be like a reality show where it was quite clear that that's what they were going for here it's kind of it's almost like a um, like this God voice isn't it just kind of talking and you know, it's not actually connected to to anything else. But we kind of get this kind of montage at the start of, you know, people enjoying these kind of 80s-style luxury items and things like that. And it's, it's all just quite – yeah, it's quite strange. I mean, I just – in some ways, I can see exactly what they were going for. And in other ways, I just feel it's a completely strange way of doing it. And I feel it's kind of disingenuous to – To the audience to not immediately jump in and deal with the the Christian Liz stuff. I I think that this is one of those cases where I think you absolutely just need to cut to the chase straight away, you know, and and explain what's happened. Um, almost like you, you just need to basically just pick up exactly where we left off. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't like that they don't do that in this case. Sometimes I think it works. And I think we talked about, you know, with the whole kind of thing with, um, with Sean you know last season that was a kind of mid-season thing with, with him getting stabbed I think you know I quite like that we didn't just go straight back into him being you know like in ED or whatever it might be that we actually kind of wound back a little bit and found Colin's side of things and I liked how they did that this is one of those times I think you absolutely just need to basically just come right in on where the scene was and, and see what Christian's reaction is to kind of find out that news I feel like the audience deserves that and not giving it to them is disappointing to say the least
0: I I agree, and it it kind of feels like they just... You know, maybe Ryan Murphy's just come in and swept everything aside because it kind of, the only real continuation that we get from last season is kind of eventually we get a bit of a, oh, hey, this is what happened with Liz and Christian. So she's going to take him to the cleaners. It just seems like they want to have every single excuse to hit a re- reset button and kind of start all these stories again. You know, all of a sudden they're struggling for business. All of a sudden Sean has anxiety yeah. and can't sleep. All of a sudden, you know, this is happening. Here's Kimber again. And it's just, it's kind of just the way it happens. It just feels so like sudden, like just every Everything is reset and, you know, we kind of had this a season ago, didn't we, when they moved to LA, but it was done in such a way where, it's you know, you, yourself, so the very first episode of last season was your favourite episode because it's, it's done in such a way that we're riding with them. We can understand why they're struggling for business. They've moved to the other side of the country. Now, all of a sudden, it's like the global financial crisis has just swept them out of, you know, business within a couple of months because, again, what's the timeline of this show? We always discover that they they kind of struggle with continuity with time. It's they've gone away on a honeymoon and this is kind of what we're seeing when he tells her back when the honeymoon how long's a honeymoon a month two months i think they did mention how long they were going to go away to italy for but have they really gone basically from you know super loaded in the money to bankrupt within like two three months i mean i think to to correct myself i think he says with teddy they're celebrating a six-month anniversary or something so you know within the space of six months is it that sudden i i don't know
1: yeah and I think it'd be interesting to know, and you know we could have done some research if we were professional podcasters, but you know <laughs> we're not so just just live with that um whether or not things like plastic surgery did slow down because that feels like a kind of industry that probably wouldn't have actually been that affected because I think you're kind of really high rollers who can afford that kind of thing probably just like they absorbed what happened with the financial you know like it feels to me like the people that were really impacted by that were people that you know had stretched their mortgage too far and went into foreclosure and things like that like it doesn't feel like plastic surgery was where that would have been hit really hard and and I I do kind of understand it could have been quite a, a sudden kind of thing to happen but I also think that you know the whole thing with you know, Christian and Julia are not, uh, sorry, Sean and Julia are not on bad terms and you kind of get this thing where they're shouting at each other and, you know, like sending, you know, presumably Connor's going to karate classes. I'm not, I don't know. That might be Annie. I don't know. Um, you know like <laughs> yeah, a dispar- Connor's doing French. He's yeah.
0: like a two-year-old, and Annie's doing karate. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it just, you know, I'm I'm not buying it. And, it, yeah, it feels like – I know you've talked about it, I'm not a fan of it, but you've talked about the, the Desperate Housewives thing where they kind of just jump forward, you know, five years or whatever mm-hmm. it is in the timeline. and It almost feels a bit like that. It's just like, well, yeah. let's just kind of make a clean break you know, let's almost forget what happened at the end of season five, and, and let's just move forwards. You know, and um, you know, in some ways that could have worked, but I, I don't think they deal with it in a, in a in a way that makes it feel meaningful, I suppose.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, absolutely. And I've used the Desperate Housewives. And the Desperate Housewives one, I think nobody thought would work because it just seemed like a, such a lazy plot device, but it actually worked. I think they probably got, I think they got at least another four seasons out of it and it was cleverly done. And I mean, other shows do it, you know, 24. How many times have they sort of done it? You know, like, I, so many shows do that, but it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just a weird way of doing this. Um, uh, you know, particularly because we had this a season before, technically anyway, but we're here, we're here complaining already, but, um, uh, basically, throughout this montage, you know, we're, we're finding out that, yes, they're struggling. They're struggling for business because of the global, you know, financial crisis, essentially. Which, again, those listening who are maybe younger and don't remember it, I think we all remember kind of what the world was panicking, you know, 10 or so years ago through all of this. Um, if you're Australian, we actually kind of enjoyed it because it means we got, like, free money from our government. I got it twice. It was great. Thanks, Kevin Rudd. You're still my favourite. Um, but <laughs> they're here and essentially, um, yeah, as you said, Sean's fighting with Julia Um, And then we're going to get this thing with his new girlfriend, Teddy. And this is where we meet Rose McGowan. And I complained about enough of this at the end of last season. I'm going to complain even more. Because, like, I think what you get in watching this in such close proximity is, like, not only is it such a different character, they try and make Rose McGowan to be this sort of character that we had with Katie Sackhoff. And she just comes across as so whiny. She speaks like this. And, Sean, I love you. It's so annoying. Oh, my God. God, I forgot how much I dislike her. Um, and then, like, they've completely changed the character because didn't we just have, like, Teddy, like, oh no, I'm not gonna get tied down to you. I'm gonna go off and have sex in an open home and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. Now, all of a sudden, she's wanting to settle down and kind of live up to Sean. And it's like, what are we, what are we here with? This is a woman who killed some guy because she was falling in love with him and now she's saying, I love you? I don't get it. Um, I do also, some of the things I do like in this montage So I like the bit when Christian's buying a boat and kind of we get some classic Christian though, when he's like there putting his sunglasses on, looking all attractive and like hot shit, rock and roll. And then he's got like that, um, cigar in his mouth when he's like talking about spending is good for the bank or whatever it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've kind of gone over a lot of stuff here. I don't know if you really want to comment any more on this, but, uh, Teddy, oh God, she's terrible now. Yeah, I think that's probably the main takeaway for this
1: part is you know, is around this this whole Teddy thing. So yeah, we've obviously we talked a little bit about this at the end of last season that we get this new new character for Teddy, you know, they couldn't couldn't keep the actress, so we get this Rose McGowan character and um I'll say at the front that I I don't hate Rose McGowan as much as you do, but I do have all <laughs> the same complaints that I think you know, it just doesn't fit. The other thing that, you know, you kind of didn't mention is that they've also kind of written her as now this gold digger. Mm. Um, You know, and we get the scene right at the beginning that, you know, she's buying these, you know, $25,000 earrings or whatever the hell they are, you know. And that was never part of the, the Teddy character that we got at the start. And so, you know, for me, I think I'll just go back to what I said at the end of last season that, you know, I think a, a better way of doing this would have been that you could have, you know, basically had this scene where, you know, Sean gets confronted by the police and says, Were you in a relationship with this woman and, you know, um you know, she's been caught, you know, killing this other doctor and blah blah blah. You know, and and then you could potentially bring in this Rose McGowan character as a new person because it is a completely different character. Yeah, Yeah. Um but if you really, really are committed to to keeping the teddy thing going with Rose McGowan, then why don't we do like a an Escobar situation where basically She kills this doctor. She goes to Sean and says, I'm going to get arrested. Can you change my face? Mm -hmm. And you know, that would be, that would be really cheesy as well. But, but at least it would be, you know, I I wouldn't have liked that, but at least it would have had some kind of But it would have made some
0: sense, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, there would have been some logic behind it, whereas yeah. we're just meant to swallow that this person who looks nothing like the the last actress <laughs> is suddenly still the same character, even though she doesn't look like her, she doesn't have the same character motivations, um, she doesn't sound like her, um, you know, like nothing kind of adds up. And I just I just wonder why. And I you know, it's one of those things that would you know, if we ever did manage to speak to like a, a Ryan Murphy or, or one of the producers, it would be really interesting to ask, you know, why were they so committed to keeping the Teddy character going because mm. Mm-hmm. To me, I just don't really see what value there is there.
0: Yeah, and like, I agree, everything you said. And I think at the end of the day, if it's a case of, hey, we've got Rose McGowan, we can't make a character, but hey, we've lost Katie Sackhoff rather instead of writing out Teddy, let's change it. Like, I have nothing against them, you know, because this was Rose McGowan's first role after Charmed. Like, this was her first, you know, acting role. out. I don't think Charmed had been that long finished uh at this point in time so you know and she was a fairly biggish name at this point you know i think she's still a fairly biggish name but she's kind of more of an advocate now than and you know she's known more for her advocacy than she is for her acting, because she's kind of one of the main, I think she was, wasn't she, the main driving force behind this whole Me Too movement? I think she was the first to say that Harvey Weinstein, you know, assaulted her. Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if it was her, but she was one of the first. So, she's mm-hmm. kind of known differently 10 years later. But, I mean, at this time, you know, Charm was a, a very popular show, a very big show, and I think that she kind of was still living a lot of that fame. So, you're going to get a biggish-name actress like this, by all means, great, put them on the show. But, yeah, like, don't... Do this for a new character. Like I do it for a new character, rather than yeah. Anyway, we're going to be complaining a lot about her in the next couple of weeks. Um, and we get this scene though of Christian getting angry because they've uh, gotten some generic brand yogurt, and he wants his goddamn yo play. Um, and then we find out that Matt is uh, being chased for bills uh, because they've been paying for his credit card and they've been paying for his tuition and all this sort of stuff. And what do we find out Matt's been doing? He's turned into a mime. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, we've teased, we've alluded it, we talked to John Hensley about this, listened to the interview, because even John Hensley laughs about the fact that they turned Matt into a mime. Now, uh, I do have to give some sort of uh, props to Ryan Murphy crew for originality, like, hashtag poor Matt, what else can we do to uh, make this character go down the toilet? And in no way do you ever probably wish him, I reckon he's going to turn into a mime. Um, but yep, here he is. And can I just say, in all my years of watching TV, maybe the only time in any of the TV shows I've ever watched have I seen a main character turn into a mime. But, um, yes, Matt's a mime. Nick, Matt is a mime.
1: And yeah and i mean i um i strangely don't hate this um it actually it's one of those things like don't get me wrong i don't think it's amazing or anything like that and of all the things we could do to matt we could have found something better but it's not nearly as bad as i expected it to be it's um maybe maybe this bit's a bit weird like i just think like they get the comedy of it right you know like basically if they had tried to play the straight, but basically you know he kind of says to the guys look you know, um, I want to be a mime, and they just like basically piss themselves laughing, and that's kind of like the right reaction because we all have that same reaction, so I kind of like that you know that we just go with it as a as just a joke um and then I like what they do in terms of kind of like the um the the robbery stuff later on, but we'll get to that, but um, yeah, I was kind of surprised that I didn't absolutely hate it.
0: I do like the reaction, though. There's, like, uh, just one moment when Matt says it, and Sean and Christian kind of just sit back in their chair, and there's, like, a bit, like, what, four four seconds of silence, and Christian's just like, what? (laughs) Like, just the way he says it. Uh, I do then kind of like the lead-in, though, here, when, like, Christian just gets that phone call, and he's just like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, oh, okay, yep, and he hangs up and's like, I'm being sued. Liz is suing me. Um, And then we kind of get two pretty big guest stars in this episode. Uh, First one, Wayne Knight. Uh, Dennis Nedry, Newman, you name it. Uh, I'm not a yeah. Seinfeld fan, so to me he's forever Dennis, uh, Nedry. But I always forget Wayne Knight is in Nip Tuck, but like, this is it. This is all he's there. Uh, and then we also get Barry Bostwick, uh, Brad from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. He was the mayor in Spin City. I mean, you name it. He's been in everything. So, we kind of get two pretty big name people here, um, as guest stars, and they're both the lawyers, and Liz is very weird in this whole scenario. Like, you know, kind of, I, props to Roma Mafia for her acting abilities, because I think she kind of sells it well, but, you know, going back to the sort of the montage opening bit, I just don't like how Liz is kind of, like, going off about being heartbroken and just, like, this is the love of a life, and then all of a sudden we've got her kind of sitting there just all evil and just not even saying a word and essentially we find out that Christian's obviously put everything in her name because he thought he was gonna die and kind of she wants 50% of everything. Uh, I like it how he kind of like offers a $250,000. Uh, we also find out that Barry Boswick's character is kind of this blind lawyer but he's a, you know, a shark. Wayne Knight's scared of him. Um, so I mean, I don't know how I feel about this scene because I, I love the fact that we've got like Wayne Knight and Barry Boswick in this scene. Uh, and I just kind of like Christian's reactions, but I, I don't know if I like this take on Liz, how she just kind of turned into this I don't know, I don't want to say a bitch, but she's just like this evil sort of stare down that she's doing.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It's great to have these, um, these guest characters here, and I think, you know, it's quite fun to have these kind of two lawyers that are both people that we that we know coming into this which is really cool um yeah i i agree that he's always going to be uh Drew to me um even though i have seen him in seinfeld but um uh, what i have to say is i think that um you you know i I think that to roma mafia's credit i think we get um basically this is how liz would feel you know that she's conflicted about this you know and you kind of get that in her her performance here is that you know she's going to sue him because she's really really hurt and she wants to do you know the the best thing for her financially but she doesn't feel great about it and you know and I do like that that we kind of get that that kind of conflict from her which is mo- mostly through kind of facial reactions so um I, I do kind of like that and um yeah i hate the storyline and you know it sucks that we're like you know 10 minutes into the episode before we get to the stuff but it it does feel kind of right to me
0: the thing that also annoys me about the storyline and i don't want this to extend longer because i'm with you i hate it you know how much i hate it to me it is i'll say it again the worst storyline the show ever does but it kind of suffers from that that sameness that we got in season five where it's going to be done and dusted in, like, two episodes, and then you just forget about it. Like, you know, it's kind of like Sean getting stabbed. He can't walk. Oh, remember that? No, because he, he got... You know, we forgot about that. Julie got shot. She had amnesia. I oh, remember that? Oh, no, we're just going to gel over that, and we're going to forget about it. Like, it's just kind of all these little things that kind of come and go really quickly. And, again, I don't want these lasting 19 episodes of this season, but it just feels rushed in some aspects, kind of, that they, again, do this on a big cliffhanger, but it's kind of... I'm contradicting myself. So again, I don't want it lasting... Uh, longer, but uh, we're at the docks now. I see. I have always have this weird memory, and I know it doesn't happen. But I, the way this season also is set to me, I always just assume they're back in Miami. I don't even know because, like, you just really get none of this Los Angeles style glamour kind of Hollywoodness that we kind of got a bit in season five. So I always have this thing in my head that they move back to Miami in season six, but uh obviously they don't. And w- there is one episode this season. That I actually kind of do like in the fact when we get the flashback episode, when we see sort of Christian and Sean meeting. Uh, I know I'm jumping well ahead with that one, but I forgot to mention that at the end of season five there, that there is always one episode of season six, which I actually am partial to for the most part. But we'll get to that. Um but we we find out that Christian's new boat has been uh, has been seized because he hasn't been making the payments, and he's asking Sean, you know, well look, hey, you can give me some advance in your rent. We find out Sean is moving out with Teddy, uh, kind of again making this weird sort of character sort of trait that was never there before. And who do we see again? Uh, we haven't seen in a while. It's Mr. Mario Lopez, Mike Hamill. Uh, I I like is Mike Hamill? That's Star Wars Hamoy, isn't it? I don't even know he says last name. I'm just going to call him Mario Lopez. Um I like yeah. Mario Lopez. <laughs> I kind of like his character. Uh and he's uh he's out and about. He's moved to Los Angeles. Uh we find out that he's uh you know not got a practice. He's uh sort of subletting himself out to use other people's facilities and paying a 10% fee. Uh, and they go out in their boat. We kind of get, this is why I'm hot playing and kind of, this is a, you know, gl- glimpse of kind of what we're used to with Nip Tucks and over the top rich glamour. It's kind of, you know, it's fun, but then it just turns into sort of a business uh, proposition with uh, Christian and Sean, and They're going to allow Mario Lopez to work in their business and kind of get them some profits as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, what is he called? A pod surgeon or something like that. So, um, it's, uh, I mean, it's just not a nice setup. Again, I'm going to say it again. I like Mario Lopez. I like this character. I like the fact they bring him back. But, uh, you know, it's again, it's a little too late, really, because we're kind of in this final season and they don't really do a whole lot with his character in the long term
1: well I think you know one of the things that I said in our um, you kind of wrap up season 5 episode was that I, I wanted season 6 to kind of have some nice little callbacks for the long term fans to enjoy so if you're going to bring in this um, you know this kind of smarmy young plastic surgeon who kind of shows Christian up then it might as well be somebody we've already met you know it, it's not as you say it's not a major character so um, you know it, it's really you know it's fun to kind of have somebody back and um, you know he's he's a really fun kind of foil for Christian in these few episodes, isn't he? Is that um, you know basically um, you know he's kind of the, the the younger version of of everything Christian wants to be and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean there's there's heaps to kind of like about this little character arc. It, as you say, it's not much, but um, I enjoy that we're getting a bit of repetition with this guy back. Um, I actually one of the other things I absolutely love the the kind of the fashion here as well is that they give Christian and Sean these kind of ridiculous hats and put them in <laughs> these kind of clothes that you know they just look. You know, out of place and uncool, really. Whereas, um, you know, Mike just—he's got that real suave thing, where you know, without even trying, really, he—you know—he looks really good. And yeah, it's—it's. It's,
0: uh, yeah, I enjoy it. It's good. He's kind of what Christian was in like season one and season two, isn't he? You know, like. I yeah. mean, Christian still looks good and is cool, and you know we all wish we could be Christian, but you know you can't help but see he's gotten a little bit older, and obviously, you know he's he's not by any change means fat, but he's you know not ripped like Mario Lopez is. We'll kind of get that more, um, you know, in this episode, um, but then we get surgery, putting on the Ritz uh, <laughs> song, but uh, Sean leaves an instrument in a patient again. Uh, <laughs> just remember, he's already done this in the past, people. Uh but we find out. Oh no, he's tired. He hasn't been sleeping, and then we just get this weird Teddy scene. I love you. Have some pills, and you know, Sean saying that pills scare him. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. Um, then we see all these ladies in the waiting room. Um, Mike's bring bring brought in all these ladies, and uh, he's brought in exercise equipment. Uh, to which then Christian and Sean want to, uh, sit in one of his consultants, uh, and it's, it's weird because he's talking to a woman about getting a vaginal reconstruction and he has to take his shirt off and show off his six pack because that's how you get business. What a hard life he must lead if that's how he has to get people to listen to him. Just take your shirt off. I try to do that, but then people generally run away the wrong way. Um and then we kinda get a bit of a bit here where Christian and Sean are saying, Look, we can do the same thing here. We're hot, you know, I post for Playgirl. Um so yeah, it's um it's it's more set up for this episode. I know I realise I'm going over a lot here, but I just don't really want to talk about Teddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean it is it is weird how you kind of get like you'll feel more comfortable if I take my shirt off. It's just it's very strange, you know, like it yeah. It is really weird. Um yeah, and I, I do like how you kind of get these guys on the, the exercise machines and stuff that, and the weights that, um you know, that he's brought in. It's, it's all quite funny. and you know, I just like this thing that they're feeling quite threatened and, you know, they're, they're kind of the old dogs now. And I, I like that. It feels like a bit of a maturity of these two guys in the storyline. So, yeah, no, I, I do really enjoy it. I think it's good. Um, Yeah, I, I think we may be laboring on the point a little bit, though. Like, it would be nice to kind of move on past us a little bit. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we're going to be getting a uh, an ad in the middle of the night because as always is the case of TV you can bang on the door and, hey, it's on, it's on, and then the ad just waits around for you to, to come and sit down on the couch and watch it. But yeah. We get this uh, infomercial that they've put together uh, for vaginal <laughs> reconstruction. I actually kind of really like this, weirdly. It's just, it's just kind of funny because, you know, Sean's air on the beat. This is just a legitimate uh, infomercial that you do see at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, and the only thing that this is missing, if you ever go to America or if you've ever seen American health ads, is that half the ad is you know, used for selling the products. The other half is some really fast voice saying all the side effects, like vagina reconstruction, may cause cancer, may cause AIDS, may cause this, not your doctor. And like, you've still got all the people in the background, like, happily playing volleyball. They're actually really funny to watch. But, um, so we have Sean and, uh, Mike and, uh, Christian all on the beach in their speedos and, uh, you know, <laughs> Sean actually looks pretty good. Uh, there he is, you know, kind of the, the silver fox. Then you got, uh, you know, Mario Lopez all built and six pack and then <laughs> Christian's just looking a bit pudgy. Um, uh, in his little shorts. Then you've got Kimber. Uh, I, I, I really love how like Kelly Carlson plays. This is kind of like the awkward person. Like, I felt really bad, but then I saw McNamara and Troy. They listened to me. And then I love Nurse Linda talking about, you know, her <laughs> surgery and I can go back out on the golf course. <laughs> so, uh, I just, I actually laugh a lot at this bit. I think it's hilarious.
1: So one of the things I want to point out here when we, you know, so this is our first kind of introduction really to Kimber. Well, we've had a little bit beforehand with the electrical system or whatever it was, but, um, you know, we're kind of getting Kimber now. And um, one thing I noticed about Kimber is kind of like, Her hair looks really weird. Like it almost looks like a wig now. And it's like, it kind of gets like really like huge and buffy. I don't know if you noticed that, but it just kind of looks a bit strange. I wonder if she's kind of wearing some kind of wig or something at this point. But yeah, it's just one of those things that I listen to. I I do like the kind of, yeah, this would never be on TV. It's way too long, you know, like you wouldn't have this like, but yeah, it, it is quite funny. And I like how they kind of use their, their own contacts and stuff, and you know, this whole thing of like Kimber's not particularly acting all that well through this, which is funny because she's a you know a porn actress or whatever. So yeah, it's, it is kind of like a funny little button, and um, yeah, it, it is. I, I'm still a little bit unclear on the relationship between these guys and Mike and what what he's getting out of this, and you know it does seem a bit strange to me. I don't really understand like, what the benefit to him here is, but you know I, I don't think we want to dwell too much on the details or some of the stuff really.
0: Well, they they said that. These vaginal reconstructions are about $15,000. So he says he gives 10% of his fee to, you know, cover all the things and he doesn't have to pay an overhead. So they're basically getting what, uh, $1,500 a surgery. Uh, and if he's doing a heap of these vagina ones, so I mean, I guess that's kind of their way of making money. But, uh, yeah, I guess Mike still gets the money, so like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a way of bringing him in without having to bring in, it's not, it's not like how they got Quentin in, is it? You know, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a different way of getting a surgeon in. Um but we then have Liz saying goodnight to Wilbur, who only an episode ago wanted to call her mummy. And now she's ba- he's back to calling her Aunt Liz. That lasted a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I know they've gotten divorced, but kids usually, if a kid says, like, "What? what is Wilbur, like, four, three? Like, I want to call you mummy. Is he really going to be like, oh, okay, well, you're not my mummy anymore. I'm going to back to call you Aunt Liz. I, I kind of feel like he'd still call her mummy if he wanted to do that. Uh But we just get this scene where Christian's kind of, you know, play nice. He's a $400 bottle of wine. And, you know, I want to talk this out. Let's negotiate. And... Uh, eventually it all ends up, of course, him having a, a fight. Christian says uh, that your dance card's going to be twice as full, that you've rediscovered Dick. Uh, then Liz pours a bottle of wine all over Christian and says he's gonna she's going to take his boat and make it a dyke boat, um, which sounds fun to me. Um, so, yeah, and then we kind of get a little scene at the end of this, which their ad has brought in customers, but it's not for vagina reconstruction. It's this man wants a six-pack like Mario Lopez, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and we kind of get this whole thing too of Liz kind of you know basically saying oh, um you know if that bottle, bottle of wine's four hundred then I'm having half of it and then she kind of pulls it over him at the end. So yeah, it's, you know it's all kind of what you'd expect I suppose. But um yeah, and then we get these these patients come in yeah and they want he this guy wants to look like. I didn't realise you could do that that you could actually get. Um, kind of cosmetic surgery that can make you look like you've got abs. Like, I get the whole, um, you know, like you can get liposuction, I understand that, but I didn't think you could get it to the point where your, your abdominal muscles are shown or that you can have your, your kind of, yeah, whatever kind of shaped to look like you've got abs. It, it, that was a bit strange to me. I didn't really kind of fully understand that either but um again i said uh, i I said i'm not going to get too caught up in the details here because it will just make my head hurt but um yeah it it does feel a bit bit strange this is another one that just doesn't quite feel fully kind of um i guess explained as they go through
0: It, it feels like it's one of those surgeries that's kind of pointless because it would seem so dependent then on your what you eat like it it's kind of yeah you know, it's a Band-Aid on a, on a bigger problem because it's like, you know, I could get liposuction and get a six-pack, but if I'm still going to eat like shit, it's just going to go to hell like a, a month later. So, yeah, it, it seems like a very weird surgery, but hell, you know, if they're going to do it, then whatever. Uh, speaking of weird, Matt's a mime, and uh, he's... Performing. Uh props to John Hensley for making a pretty believable mime. Uh you know, he did talk about that in the interview, sort of the training and everything he went through with it. So uh it's not like he doesn't do his best with this really terrible storyline. But it it wouldn't be a Matt storyline if shit didn't go down. Cause all of a sudden, like he's got a heap of people watching him. Shit, people in Los Angeles fucking love mimes. Um but they're not giving him any money, they all kind of walk away. Uh, then we find that his poor tape is like, uh, all chewed up. A little kid comes along and, uh, gives him some money. But as he gets the money, somebody, uh, what is it, a skateboarder, roller skates, takes his money. Matt runs after him, gets the cash back, but he realizes he's been set up, uh, essentially by this kid and his friend to steal his, uh, stereo. So poor old Matt, down in his luck. Then he gets (laughs) a phone call from Christian basically saying, uh, he's going to rent his room out. Uh, so hurry up. Bad mime. He, uh, answers the phone and says, what? Uh, so not very good. Um, and then we get uh Matt going into a store to buy a coffee with the bitchiest attendant you will ever meet in any shop. This woman is wow, she hates mimes. Uh, she, he gets a small coffee for a dollar eight. He only has a dollar on him. Matt is about to walk out, and she's basically going off like, "No, I need the eight cents." Uh, and it all leads to Matt pulling out his fake gun and robbing the store, because why wouldn't Matt turn into somebody who uh, has armed hold-ups? Now, this is what it's come to. This is where Matt's storyline is kind of going to go in a direction. Let's just, I want to semi-spoil this storyline by saying Matt starts off a mime and he ends up getting breast implants. Somehow I want our (laughs) audience to work out how on earth he gets from point (laughs) A to point B. If you message us in and you correctly guess it, we will somehow give you a prize, all right? And I don't mean for people who have already seen this. I want people who have never watched Nip Tuck to try and guess how somebody starts off as a mime and gets breast implants. Anyway, that's Matt. That's where it's at right now.
1: Well, I do like the scene, and I think um you know basically, yeah, as you say, like the bitchiest attendant of all time. I don't know in America, like if you're eight cent short, you know, um if you know they wouldn't let you have your cup of coffee. I think if that was New Zealand, they'd probably just let you have it. I don't know about Australia, but it yeah, feels Australia like they'd that let you have it.
0: Yeah, although actually yeah, to I, interrupt you, I was I think as a fourteen year old refused a video game that was ninety nine dollars and ninety five cents, and I had like ninety nine dollars and seventy cents, and they wouldn't sell it to me because I was twenty five cent short
1: on, on a, basically a hundred dollar product. That's a bit yeah. strange. But, uh, but yeah. And, um, what I really like here is I think, you know, when he kind of pulls out the gun. Um he looks very menacing and you kinda of believe that. Um and yeah, so I kinda of like where they go with us. It's just this kind of moment of desperation. Like he wasn't really planning on doing this and you know, it's just kind of something he's just decided to do and um yeah, I just I, I think it's um it's interesting. Um, I don't know if it's good, but it's, it's interesting. Um I love it when they're doing the whole mind thing, it's the you know, the um the kind of cliched French music in the background, of course, you know, that he's got on his tape and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, But, yeah, I think he, do, he does kind of commit to it pretty well. You know, you believe he's doing this whole mime thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, for me, this could have been a whole lot worse. It, you know, it's, it's not great, but it, it is kind of fun.
0: <laughs> Nick Chester is defending the map becomes a mime storyline. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, here we are. Uh, uh Christian meanwhile is off to see uh Barry Boswick um, about settling it he offers to give him 250,000 dollars uh now and then another 250,000 dollars basically if he uh, encourages Liz to drop the case and this leads to uh Barry Boswick wanting Christian to masturbate in front of him because why not uh so it's, it's I mean it's it's kind of fun the way Christian sort of like is pretending uh, and then he just obviously storms out, and then he kind of has his cocky thing of saying that, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, I lost a case once, and it's only because I couldn't get him to drop his pants. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an interesting scene, but I mean, you know, it's nip tuck. You're always going to assume something like this is going to happen.
1: Yeah, I think so. And uh, to me, I think this is, um, I never believe that this, that this lawyer actually wants him to do it. It's basically just, um, you know, he's basically just just ragging on his chain more than anything else, um, you know, just just to be a little bit of an asshole. That's kind of how I read it anyway. Maybe yeah, I've got too. that wrong.
0: Yeah, no, I, I assume that's kind of his thing because of the way he kind of says, like, you know, yeah, I lost the case because I couldn't get him to drop his pants. And like, obviously, you know, you're desperate, so you'll do anything I say, essentially. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have, uh, the guy getting his six pack. And this is, this is our titular character, can we point out, by the way? So this is Don Hoberman. Jesus, he's going to be a memorable one when we talk about this in about 18 weeks' time. Um, (laughs) and Liz kind of, you know, saying to Christian, you know, you should suck some fat out of you. And, uh, Christian retorts back with, you know, suck some fat out of your ass. And Sean essentially saying, like, you're affecting Switzerland here. Um, uh, you know, you know, you're not thinking about me. I do like it when Mario Lopez walks in and he's like, Oh, you got a patient on your own. Awesome. Um, and then, you know, Liz like says, like, lift up your shirt, show you know what this is meant to look like. Um so yeah, it's um it's interesting. Then we've got more Teddy, yay. Uh she's making garbage salad, uh kind of sounds like this uh storyline currently. Uh and she proposes <laughs> to Sean. Um uh, I don't even know. Um. Anyway. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Sean then watches TV. He gets up in the middle of the night. Uh. He looks at the ring. He takes some drugs, and uh, Teddy can't wake him up in the morning. There we go. <laughs> this is the end of the episode. See how much I rush through things when Teddy's on the screen now. Yeah,
1: and I think probably, um, you know, if we got a little bit more of the information around what Teddy's plan here is around the life insurance, which we're going to get into in a little bit, then the kind of the proposal would make a lot more sense. But we haven't seen that part yet, you know, so that it just it, it feels like quite a strange place to, for her to kind of do this. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just me, but yeah, it just feels like it's too early to yeah, to 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 really be making this point. Um, Yeah, I think at the end, I think this is one of the things that I'm kind of expecting we're going to get a lot of um, in season six, which is your episodes that end on a cliffhanger because, you know, we just, you know, if you can't do anything else, then, you know, have a cliffhanger which brings people back for one more week, you know, a lot, and it feels like we're going to do a lot of that just to try and get people back through the door for one more episode and then just kind of keep trying to play that trick as much as we possibly can. So I'm kind of, you know, expecting that we're going to get plenty of this and um, you know in the first four episodes it, it happens at least twice so yeah it's definitely something that is just unfortunately just part of this this whole se- uh, the season going forwards
0: yeah and it's i mean it's a very much a a final season or sort of you know a show that's running out of its legs trope that they will do this you know i mean you think of any show that you watch that is towards the end and there's always some sort of device would have to kind of always rely on a plot twist that, you know, is a is a cliffhanger that generally is resolved within two seconds of the next week. So um I mean yeah, you're absolutely right and uh sadly, um we're gonna get that with Teddy right now. But anyway, that's this episode. We're done with Don Overman. Uh what are we doing with this? I'm gonna go to you here, Nick. What what are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> well I think there's some interesting decisions and choices that were made here to the point where um yeah, I mean, I don't absolutely hate this episode. So um, I'm going to give it a pass and give it a give it a rent. It's, um, you know, there's enough stuff in here to kind of I think they do some reasonably decent setup for a couple of the kind of medium turn storylines that we're going to get going forward. So um, I'll give it that much. Um, yeah, I, I don't like any of the Teddy stuff. I don't like that we've got this change of actress and really no explanation around it. Um, I don't like that her motivations at this point are just not really clear. Um, yeah, it sounds like I'm the, I'm going to be the lone voice for Matt as a mime, but you know, I think it, if nothing else, it provides us a little bit of kind of humor. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's bits of it that I actually, I, you know, I don't hate, but, um, yeah, it's certainly not going to be something I'm going to buy.
0: It just to me is an episode which just sums up season six and that there's a couple of minor little glimpses like, oh yeah, that's entertaining, but it literally lasts for a couple of minutes and then you're back and you just feel bored. You just feel weighed down by this different tone and it just feels weird to me and it just again even you know these great actors who are so used to talking up just kind of feel bored they just feel like they're phoning it in and hey it's great we've got you know some a couple of great guest stars and you know kimber's back kind of you know being kimber but there's just nothing in this episode that redeems itself so yeah i'm gonna bin it and i actually got this as the fourth worst episode to this point uh i've got this at 81st out of 84 episodes, well, 83, I guess, technically, because, uh, I've already ranked next week's episode. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just, there's nothing redeeming in this for me. E- yeah, no, 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 thank you. Um, and this will be a trend for this season, for the most part. Um, but yes, anyway. Uh, so that leads us on to next week. Enigma! Will we have an enigma of an episode, or will we be continuing on this trend? <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's a guy in it who carves stuff on his head. Um, Christian gets his penis in a mould, um, and Sean fingers a woman in an emergency room. Uh, that's about it for next week.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, without spoiling too much of, of my thoughts, it's a very, very strange episode. Um, you know, there's just, it, it just kind of feels like, what are we trying to achieve with this episode? It's just, yeah, it, it's an odd one, and it feels like one of those ones where they were given 19 episodes and shit, We you know, if we're going to get to 19, then we're probably going to have a filler episode, and it, it, it is one of those ones that feels like a bit of a filler episode. It doesn't feel like the the story gets pushed forwards more. You know, if I've got one major problem about kind of Matt's storylines um, throughout this whole series not just the season is that you know we start off with an interesting kind of dynamic for Matt and then we just miss him for an episode and then you know it's just like why can we just not keep that going forwards and you know so spoiler alert if, if you were one of the few that enjoyed the mime stuff then you're not going to get any more next week you're going to have to wait two weeks before we get more of that so yeah it's just a, it's just it's a weird kind of frustrating episode I suppose.
0: I'd um I'd say to our listeners who are the you know fans of Matt's storyline to come on the show and talk about it but I'm assuming you're minds so you probably wouldn't be able to come yeah. on the show and talk about it. Uh we can just do that. Hey, we have got someone on the line right now. What did you think of Matt's storyline? <laughs> there we go. Uh, so yeah. anyway, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the usual channels, and uh, we will continue on. You can tell that we're even almost phoning in these podcasts now because we've kind <laughs> of uh, gotten to the point where it's like, yay, we, I mean, we still love this show. But, um, you know, we would still probably watch most of these episodes over a lot of other TV shows out there. But uh, still, it's it's disappointing from where we started to where we're at right now. Uh, but my name is Ben, and until next week, take off your pants and let it breathe. Oh. <laughs> uh, you just stole my one. Uh, my name's Nick, and previous on Iptak.